you're excited to hear me talk about rock climbing. Um, if you're not here to watch a nearly 30 year old man who's been in the climbing industry for six years or so, talk about climbing, climbing industry, what it means to be a climber, just rock climbing in general. Hit the pause button, go about your day. For those of you who are going to stick around, what I want to start this year off with is just kind of looking at what direction rock climbing is going. Um, I want to start with outdoor climbing, move into gyms, and then coaching in particular, which is mostly my forte. Uh, outdoor climbing is interesting because at least in America, where I'm centered, beautiful snowy Colorado, rock climbing is about climbing hard outside. It feels really alienating sometimes as someone who enjoys climbing outside but doesn't live for it as much to rather just sort of climb what seems fun rather than push myself constantly. When I first moved here, I definitely had that different thought process, but I don't know, these days it's, it's not there as much because I feel like I'm a really good rock climber already in the ways that I want to be and I continue to push myself in ways that I think are fun but I'm not going to rock climb if it's in the end not enjoyable you know pardon me that being said I also have finger injuries as a part eh, full time route setter full time coach Hard to separate those really these days. Uh, my right A2 feels different, for lack of better words. Uh, you know how you can like pop an, a knuckle like that and just push in on it? If I do that on either of my middle fingers, but in particular my right, it just. I can't. I wonder if this is what happens when you get older, if I've sustained some sort of injury that's either chronic or acute and I just can't heal it off because I'm a route setter. Um, I really don't know. But it's quite frustrating because sometimes I really do want to enjoy rock climbing and it feels scary too, at the level that I'd like to, right? But enough about me. How often can you realistically get outside? Colorado seems to be pushing the idea that if the weather is good, you should be outside. And while that works for some people, the so-called dirt bags and the obsessed and the kids. Kids can do it better, college students in particular. Um, it's a lot harder to find that motivation in that time when you're in a role like mine. It can be kind of frustrating. Now, I've not been in the industry for super long, enough to know what I'm talking about, but not enough to be 100% certain about what I'm talking about. But it just seems really hard as a coach to find time to get outside. Whether if you're coaching USA Climbing or high school or just doing private coaching. Private coaching might be a little different. You might have time at that point. But that one hasn't made as much money as I would like it to. Um, partly because I'm just very bad at promoting myself. So hopefully this will be a way to 
get my name out there, though it might be more negative than positive in the end. Um, yeah, you need some psych for, for outdoor climbing, and I think that's one of the things Coloradans kind of push on you, is having psych for it, and sometimes I just don't feel like it. Um, that said, I would like to spend more time outside, especially this year. Let's call that a New Year's resolution, so to speak. I probably got out like two dozen times this past year. I'd like to try and get out at least three dozen. Small baby steps, you know? I haven't been outside this year once. I've only climbed twice if you don't count route setting. So. Also, it's January 5th as I'm recording this, so. That's pretty reasonable, in my mind. Stock climbing gyms. Why do they kind of suck these days? Anyone notice that? They're not terrible. They all kind of feel samey. I don't know if that's just me, but you can definitely tell differences between different climbing gyms. I'm not saying they're all the same, same, but whenever a new climbing gym opens up, it's, it's Never the facility that really gets me excited as much. Um, as cool as certain angles can be, it seems like, you know, where I'm at in climbing at least, I just want a bunch of volumes, a bunch of big cool holds, and like steep and slab, you know. I might be the wrong demographic for a lot of the new gyms opening up. A lot of them are very full service gyms that offer a lot of youth programs and a lot of teams and beginner lessons and things like that, and maybe I'm just a little jaded with how deep in the industry I am, but I don't know, there's something great about the classics of a training dungeon gym. Um, which kind of brings me to the idea of, is there space for both kinds of gyms? It feels like there is, but one's not going to make as much money as the other, right? A good training dungeon kind of doesn't have room for youth programs. And realistically, a gym can't support a youth competitive team without youth programs. Um, I'm not just talking a club team. I'm talking multiple levels of recreational. Club team. Recreational day things. Little kid stuff. That stuff's how you make money, and then that money should go to supporting your competitive team if it's something you actually care about. And if it's not, as a coach, I kind of would prefer to tell people to just not have one. Like, it feels like a lot of gyms kind of do it because they feel like they have to. And I don't know if it's just a me thing, but like maybe not half-assing stuff if it's something that we're going to, you know, we don't actually want to put our heart into might be healthy for the industry. Might be. I don't know. And then we have to look at training centers on top of all of that. Because we have our training dungeons in Colorado here. We have the Denver Bouldering Club. Um, in Austin, when I used to climb there, we had our Austin Rock Gyms. Now, that might be not the perfect example. Uh, but then we have gyms that are a little bit more like Movement Englewood, formerly known as Earth Trucks Englewood. 
gyms really cater to providing a little bit of everything to everyone. You can still have a really highly competitive rock climber climb there, whether it's actual competition or just very strong rock climber outdoors-wise. But it's just a little different. If you talk to any high-level climbers, like those who climb at the USA Training Center, You'll notice that they really appreciate the the spray wall, a few set climbs that are hard and worth projecting. They don't need all of the so-called commercial chaff, you know. Uh, good spray wall lets you have good warm-ups. Um, but USA Training Center is a, a different case. I guess my question is, how does that how does that make money? You know, the USA Climbing Training Center doesn't necessarily need to make money, so to speak. It might. I'm not entirely sure. I'd have to ask my friends Meg and Josh how they support it. And if it's all USA Climbing, maybe it is, or maybe people who aren't part of the team do have to pay a membership fee. I'm not certain. Um, but how would someone like myself start one of those up? It's a question I've wondered. Maybe I'll talk to Amon Anderson someday. Shout out, Amon. What's up, coach? Um, that's a pretty good transition into coaching. It's really anxiety-inducing as someone so like knee-deep in the industry, so to speak, to see the history being perpetuated of just not paying our coaches. Uh, it's already a relatively thankless job, it feels like, um, especially working for a lot of the different gyms I've worked for. Uh, parents and, and climbers will often thank you, and that, that definitely makes it worth it in a lot of ways. Uh, but it, it is kind of grueling to just work for any gym. Regardless of being a coach, it's often grueling. But we're seeing a shift where Route setters in particular are starting to get a little bit better treatment because people are starting to recognize the value they hold. And gyms are starting to kind of give up that that bottom line, so to speak, um, and provide those people with the resources they need. Whereas coaches are still kind of lagging behind. And I think the biggest part of that is route setting obviously creates a gym's main resource, you know? Whereas coaching is very much a side thing but can gain some recognition for a gym, it's just less likely. I don't know. There's a lot of things I've pondered on lately. But there is a money problem there. Even if you can't look at it one way, like, at the very least, if a climbing gym's not gonna or a climbing team's not gonna make you any money, at least try to make it make net zero in terms of paying your coaches fairly, rather than trying to milk some of the money out of it and screw over the people working there. Retention rates in the front range in particular are atrocious. Whether it's gyms letting coaches go, 
guilty as charged, or coaches leaving after finishing some sort of schooling, or just finally realizing it's time to leave because they're not treated well enough or whatever it may be. Um, there's just a lack of quality these days. Primarily because it's not being supported. So when gyms finally start to realize that and start caring, then maybe it'll change. But it's, in my mind, it's really just unacceptable that it's even been an issue. But a lot of people are going to ask, well, who are you? Because I'm just some guy who's been coaching in five and a half, six years, something like that now. And hasn't even gotten a chance to go to a ropes national due to circumstance. Now I've had athletes there. It's kind of odd. Last thing I want to talk about is climbing videos. I kind of hate them. Not because they're bad, but... It's starting to feel a little samey, like those gyms, you know? I think that's an issue. One thing I've been picking up in the past year or two is the art of rollerblading. And that's going to make me sound extremely unpopular. And that's okay. I'm not very popular to start with. But one of the interesting things about rollerblading is it's you're given things and you're supposed to make things with it, whatever that may be. Whereas when I go to a climbing gym, excuse me, it's I'm given blue holds. And I'm told to climb the blue rep. And I'm given red holds. I'm told to climb the red rep. And while there's a little bit of variation in how I'm going to do that rep versus other people, it doesn't feel like I can often freestyle, so to speak, as much. Maybe that's my own fault for... I don't know, not climbing at gyms with as many volumes as I would like. I'm not certain. But all I know is that rock climbing is still fun. It's just a different kind of fun. I'm trying to figure out where that fun fits in my my life more these days. Especially with the frustrations around my, my A2, my finger. I'm excited though. Oh, excuse me. Topo Chico is probably not the right thing to drink during this. Um, but I'm excited. Excited about hosting my first competition as a head route setter. I'm excited about some of the new clients I've gotten on, especially in the paraclimbing side of things, for my private coaching and acoustic climbing coaching. 
and I'm excited to try hard. I think that's my superpower sometimes. I think that's what gets me in trouble. But I really want to pull on some some plastic. Maybe that's what the lure of climbing outside is. Even though there are pretty like set holds in what you get to use, especially in bouldering. Maybe that sort of pseudo freestyle is kind of the allure of it. And maybe that's why I haven't found the spice so to speak as of late. It's because I'm ignoring the one part that would actually challenge me in that way. Who knows? But I hope you're excited. There's a lot of things that will be changing in this next year, my predictions. We'll see some more gumbification of certain things. We'll see a lot more beginner things being emphasized coming out. Your typical climb your first 512 stuff will be pushed more consistently. Um, newer climbing shoes that look like rental shoes but are slightly a step above. Um, silly chalk bags, small innovations that may or may not make sense. Yeah, should be an interesting year. My hope is that people start, start making better memes that aren't just focused around youth crushers, like youth climbers crushing their warm-up route. Really tired of that one. Um, and aren't around like the whole idea of dirtbag culture because there aren't that many dirtbags now. Um, the Gumby stuff has its place. It's a little... I don't know. I really like it when we make fun of things like rock climbing gyms rather than the people in them. Or things like climbing pros. Or things like the concept of you know? Climbing pros are an interesting one. Maybe I'll talk more about that next time. But hopefully this has been enjoyable. I just realized halfway through this that I forgot to introduce the podcast. This is Plastic Pushers, episode one, where I... Emmett Cookson, a known rock climber, talk about things in rock climbing, around rock climbing, and about rock climbing, and the concept of pushing plastic onto people who didn't know they needed it otherwise, or something like that, I don't know, that's probably getting too deep. Love you all very much, and have a great rest of your day. Thank you for watching.